Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Tim Kalinowski of Action Network, joined by BCS themselves, the heartbeat of our college football coverage, Brett McMurphy, Colin Wilson, who is great to have back on the BCS airwaves uh, this Monday, along with Stucky as well. Gentlemen, this is a great weekend in college football. We'll get to, you know, all of it or as much as we can of it, but I guess we have to start with Washington and Oregon. Washington 36, Oregon 33. Oregon turns the ball over on downs three times. I know that Colin and Stucky got to talk about it last night on the BBOC pod, but uh, I don't want to beat a dead horse here. Danny Lanning, he went in with a plan. He followed his plan. Um, Brett, (laughs) I guess I'll ask you first as they kind of got to talk about it. Did you kind of uh, agree with the way Lanning went about coaching this game? And if so, or regardless of your answer, what does this mean for Oregon going forward? We talked about your bowl projections earlier. Do they still have a chance? They are plus 250 to win the Pac-12 and 9-1 to to win the national championship. Yeah, I mean, you know, anytime you make those decisions, when it doesn't work, everyone's going to say you should have done the opposite. I, I actually have no problem with what they did. I don't know if, if Stuck and Colin agree or disagree, but at least he was consistent. He was always aggressive, maybe too aggressive. But um, I think teams rally around that kind of mindset. And uh, yeah, it didn't work out, but I have no issues with it. As far as what lies ahead for them, it's simple. You know, you have one loss. You have to win out. They can still get in the playoff, but they would they would have to win a rematch, presumably against Washington in the Pac-12 title game. But a uh, 12-1 and Pac-12 champion absolutely will be in, in the college football playoff. They just have no margin of error. But, um, you know, I understand people that say 
you know, he should have took points. He should have punted different things he could have done differently, but also he, he was trying to end the game right there. And, um, you know, I give him credit. Colin, um, again, I, I wanted Brett to say his piece on the matter, but <laughs> look, landing out a plan. Does the plan going forward, uh, are you hopeful? I mean, look, they, the odds say that they still got a fairly a big time decent chance, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, these are the best two offenses, not just in the Pac-12, but probably in the entire nation. And you expect USC to maybe take a step back here. I mean, they're just an absolute mess on defense. So we might get to see this game again in Vegas in the Pac-12 championship on a Friday night. I would expect Dan Lanning to... Like I said on the podcast, walk into the saloon, throw his balls on the table and go for it from anywhere at any point in the game. I think people are doing well, like looking at championship analytics, who advises Oregon on when to go, fourth, three, whatever, yard, distance, whatever. But you're not doing the math on the other side. You can't give Michael Penix the ball. If you're going to decide the game, do it with your offense, not with Washington's offense. So I completely agree with everything Dan Lanning did. Stucky, give you a word. Yeah, Brett, just a couple... Uh, starting off the show with a couple areas of disrespect. One, admitting <laughs> that he didn't listen to our recap episode where we shared our opinions on this. That's why he wasn't sure what our thoughts were. And two, <laughs> not respecting the Beavers and my Pac-12 ticket. Uh, they will go to Oregon. And Oregon State, I mean, look, they got Arizona. That's not going to be easy, but Arizona must be drained. Colorado, stinks. Stanford, and then they got Washington and Oregon. Close out the year. I think they're they're gonna they're gonna actually have a say in this when it's all said and done. But yeah, Oregon the, the they're gonna if they went out and I would bet them again based on a similar line. If they get one of those fourth downs, they beat Washington in Washington. And I agreed with the take. I agreed with the aggressiveness. I didn't agree with the play call at the end of the first half. Just I hate when you cut down the field to like one third on those goal line plays. They always tend to just be like a crapshoot throw. Like just the quarterback's like hopefully catch it. Uh, it's like a four-yard Hail Mary that ends up being. But I, I didn't have any problem with what Lanning did. You know, it was an offensive game, and he wanted to win it with his offense. And, you know, they got home home against Washington State, who we learned is a fraud. Then they're at Utah. I mean, I don't think Cam Rising's playing this year. We'll talk about injuries later. You know, then Cal, USC, Arizona State, then, that, then the Civil War. The at-Utah game would worry me a bit, just because it's road Bo Nicks and the voodoo magic of the Utah home field advantage. <laughs> like, I, you just – those two things combined – you put them in a bottle and you shake it up, the game's going to go to five overtime. So, uh, yeah, Oregon's definitely got a shot to win out. And I think that if they do, they're going to the college football playoff. Hey, Stuck, Michael the Penix reason I didn't, is- I didn't listen to the, uh, the pod this week is I listen every week. I subscribe, I unsubscribe, and I never get any free gear. So, you know, I'm kind of making my stand here. <laughs> no so. comments. Uh, you got to leave a comment. Leave a five-star I, I do. I said I love McMurphy. We need more McMurphy, and it's cricket. So, you know. <laughs> I'll try again this week. If Mr. McMurphy doesn't want to take his medication orally, I'm sure we can arrange that he can have it some other way. Try again. Yeah, if you already right. left one, grab grab your wife's phone, grab your your dog's phone. I did. It my daughter, again, everybody, my daughter's sorority is subscribed. Yeah, I mean, and I get, yeah, I can't get anything. So, well, we'll, we'll uh, see you know, if I'll your keep... comment makes the cut. Wow, that's I guess that's why we nail the uh, uh, eighteen to twenty two year old female demographic. I, I that's that's some good good insight, Brett. I mean, um, Brett, I love when you. you I, didn't even, I didn't even mention this last week, but and I, I'm curious. I want to get your quick thoughts on this game this week. This game has lost all of its luster in Clemson, Miami. Two teams fighting over who's going to go to the Outback Bowl. Um, but you are you would have been fired 
if Clemson lost to Wake Forest and ruined Colin and I's <laughs> Wake Forest win total under because you couldn't beat Wake Forest at home. Ma- making me sweat that game against Wake Forest at home. What was the final score? 12-7? Uh, um, I, I hit them live like a dozen times, too. I, I thought that they were going to catch fire, and I think that Dabo likes to do the run-it-up thing. But uh, you have to, like, score before you can run it up. That was kind of the problem. Um yeah, yeah. Uh, I, no, I I don't know where Miami is. I don't know. And Clemson just, I thought maybe their offense was, was going to start to show a pulse and then you can't do anything against Wake. But luckily you guys held on, so you're allowed back. But anyway. We got to do everything you. we can to keep Brett's bowl projections in place. A Clemson-Oregon State bowl game would be absolute fire. Oh, it would stop. What would DJ go for in that game? I don't know, but we have to keep that going. Brett. Michael Penix is now a Heisman favorite. BetMGM has him at minus 145. I know that you like to say they don't hand this trophy out in October. Um, we're not touching this, right? Where, where else can we look? I'm not going to say put you on the spot and say who else, but throw the kibosh on this. Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've kind of mentioned this before. If you like if you like Penix to win the Heisman um, in minus 145, then can you get better odds on Washington to win the Pac-12? Can you get better odds on Washington to get to the playoff or even Washington to win the national title? Then you have a hedge opportunity because I think, I don't know if Penix will win it. If Washington doesn't win the Pac-12, I guess he could, but yeah, Tim, it's, it's way too early. I mean, Washington loses twice. Yeah. It doesn't look like it, but they, it could happen. You've got Drake may at Carolina. What if they go 13 and a Florida state goes, the goes 13 and Oh, Jordan Travis then, then has an opportunity, you know, McCarthy in Michigan. Um, who knows? Um, Stucky mocked me last year with Stetson Bennett, maybe Beck in Georgia with Bowers out. Maybe now that ra- raises Beck's profile. Maybe he has a shot. Colin talked about on green Stop. dot daily, how he knows a sharp, <laughs> sharp guy who got Beck at 80 to one. Um, yeah, it's what it got. It's way too early. Look, Penix may win it. But betting on anybody right now at minus 145 at the midway point of the season is almost as crazy as putting down money on Colorado to win the national championship before the season. <laughs> crazy people do crazy things, man. If Carson Beck wins the Heisman, I'll, I'll eat my shoe live on the show at the end of the season. Um, <laughs> the one guy that Colin I think that has potential, potential value, that if you want to look for like some value right now, is maybe Dylan Gabriel. Um, because yeah, I know I'm on BetMGM right now. Yeah, if you look at Oklahoma, you shop around. You look at Oklahoma's schedule. A good shot to win out. Be favored in all those games. Not playing. Where where is the great defense? So should put up some numbers, and then you're going to get a high profile rematch with presumably Texas, and um, you win that undefeated, beat Texas twice, presumably have a lot of good stats, and you're going to the College World Playoff. I think he's probably the name that you want to look at now. He's only going to continue to put up probably better numbers. While where are these other quarterbacks that are in the mix? If you mentioned McCarthy, like some of the, the quarterbacks in the SEC, they're these teams are actually going to play like elite teams the rest of the way. Um, you know, Michigan has to play Ohio State and Penn State, two of the better defenses I think in college football. Whereas Oklahoma, who, who I mean, they don't they don't have a ranked team left. They don't they're not playing any elite defenses. So he. Oklahoma has the best chance to go undefeated of any of those teams in the regular season that I, that I just mentioned, and they're not playing any elite d- defenses along the way. So uh, Penix is the rightful favorite. If they went out, he's winning it going away. But uh, they have some tricky games, and um, Oklahoma and Gabriel, I think it's probably the, the value play that I would look at. 
Hey, Stuck, real quick. I think one thing that actually hurts Gabriel, and you you outlined it perfectly, is the fact they don't have any marquee games left. He's not going to have a Heisman moment. You know, beating Oklahoma State, beating whoever else is on the schedule is not going to be his Heisman moment. And everyone talks about he can put up big numbers. Right now, when people vote for a Heisman, I don't know what you know what you and Colin do. I don't think everybody's into, well, who's got the most passing yards, the most touchdowns. All the numbers are basically the same now, within reason. And so I think basically they look for big game moments. And so that helps, you know, Michigan, you know, we didn't talk about Penn State, you know, if they sweep Michigan and Ohio State, you know, can Drew win it? I mean, I just think those guys that have the actually the the tougher schedules, I think they actually have a better shot because they're going to have more opportunities for the cliche Heisman moment than if you're beating a bunch of tomato cans to go undefeated. Yeah, that's a good point. But I mean, Penix has one against Oregon. Gabriel yeah. does have one against Texas. Like, well, yeah, but at the end of the moment. year, right. But are you, yeah, you going to vote he, a guy for the Heisman based on two games? I mean, there's not a right or wrong answer, but that's something to consider. Yeah. So Colin has an article going out on the Heisman market and who you should be looking at out on Tuesday. <laughs> so I would direct everybody to that. There are two names. I, I disagree with so much that's been said right here after writing that article. <laughs> Dylan Gabriel only had one touchdown pass against Texas. And Brett's right. He does not have – a huge moment unless it's Texas again in the big 12 championship, but he's going to have to throw for four touchdowns because Michael Penix is going to be out there on the West coast playing the night before in a PAC 12 championship game who, unless it's Utah, like it's going to be 50 points. I mean, Penix is going to be tough. I do not take Penix right now. Washington's three to one to win the PAC 12. It's a much better bet. That's the ticket you want in your pocket, not the Penix. And so the two quarterbacks that I'm really focused on, you, everyone can go read about them. They have big spots coming up later on their schedule. Their numbers are better than their teams are in the futures market. And the one thing I will say about Carson Beck with Brock Bowers going down, (laughs) Georgia runs 60% and 12. Brock Bowers is gone. They're going to run a lot of 11. They have a higher success rate. They have a higher explosive rate. And they're, you know, rah-rah Thomas, um, their their wide receivers are extremely explosive on the the wideouts. And they're going to get more attention without Brock Bowers there because Ladd McConkey is going to get all the stuff over the crossers. Carson Beck has a window. He has an opportunity to put up big numbers. But, it's, I mean, th- there's spots on the schedule. You have to have a spot on the schedule, and you have to have a number better than your team to, to win the conference, to win the national title. So go ahead and check that out on the on the Action Network. We got to jump to Notre Dame and USC. Notre Dame throttles USC 48 to 20. Caleb Williams, 23 for 37, three picks in the first half. Shout out to uh, Notre Dame defensive coordinator Al Golden. Great performance. Uh, Brett, you called him a paper tiger last week. Um, how far can USC fall? And in the same light, you have me uh, a little giddy over a possible bowl projection that could give us something real exciting with Notre Dame on the other side. I've had USC out of the New Year's Six games, even though they were undefeated, because I saw the upcoming schedule. And as you know, everybody here has outlined, you know, the issues with their defense. Against Notre Dame, actually, the defense wasn't the problem. They had other other problems. But you look at the, the rest of their schedule, you know, how many more losses is there? One, two, three, four. We'll have to find out. I, I've got them projected like at the Alamo Bowl. They'll go somewhere to the Pac-12. But yeah, the as far as Notre Dame's considered, there's a there's a scenario that if the Big Ten sends a team to the Orange Bowl, then as Stucky called it the Outback Bowl, which is now the ReliQuest Bowl in Tampa, does not take a Big Ten team. It gets to take an ACC team, and it would grab Notre Dame. 
So they grab Notre Dame, and on the other side is an SEC team. Wow, who would be the perfect opponent for Notre Dame? How about LSU and former coach Brian Kelly? I would love that game. That would be the best. That would be right behind Collins, Oregon State, Clemson bowl game. Close second as far as best bowl matchups. Unfortunately, if this thing got where it could work out, I think LSU would put the kibosh on this and basically tell the (laughs) league, we are not playing Notre Dame in a bowl game. And if a team basically protests and says we're not going to play a team, then the bowl will not match them up. But we can always dream and hope it happens. Is this what happened to Missouri last year? Did they protest not playing Kansas in the Liberty Bowl? In any bowl. Yes, Missouri did the same thing. It would have been the the Super Bowl, and Missouri would not play Kansas. Stucky, your thoughts on the matter here? My take was kind of just shows how thin the margin is for Caleb Williams, how much he has to do. You know, uh, it really is all on his shoulders. I know. Um, the defense wasn't the problem, but he has a lot to to handle with the USC deficiencies. Don't turn the ball over a million times. That's not the hardest <laughs> ask in the world. Their defense held Notre Dame to 250 yards, and he they turned it over five times. Uh, he was the problem over the weekend, not the defense. Um, some terrible throws, some just bad reads. Uh, he he was the he was the problem. Um, I'm sorry. No, I watch not, a lot of. Not, I watch too much Mac Jones to think that uh, three interceptions is okay. I, I apologize. Yeah, that. I mean, look. You look at that. You if you told me what the Notre Dame output was in that game, and I didn't get to watch it after the game, I would have thought UFC won going away. Um, and it, that it just didn't work out that way because they had five turnovers the week before. Guess what? Notre Dame had five turnovers. It got blown out by a bad Louisville team. You have five turnovers. You're not going to win. Uh, but the defense still isn't going to get enough stops against explosive Pac-12 offenses to avoid another loss. So, yeah, the most interesting discussion around because Williams' Heisman race is done. He's cooked. He's, he's done. Uh, so the most interesting discussion about USC is we'll, uh, we'll revisit them and see what bowler in. Look, I haven't written up you. I haven't written up USC's game for this weekend, but I'm just staring at the numbers. He's cooked. He's done. And you're like, Colin, how can you say that? Last three games, Notre Dame, Arizona, Colorado. Not a single big-time throw. He has (laughs) seven turnover-worthy plays. He hasn't made a single big-time throw. Yeah, he had six touchdowns against Colorado. Not not one of them were a big-time throw per PFF. If you look at his season-long numbers, like last year, his Heisman Trophy winning year, 32 big-time throws to 11 turnover-worthy plays, like a three-to-one ratio. This year, he only has nine big-time throws and 12 turnover-worthy plays. We're talking mid-range Sunbelt Mac type quarterback numbers that are being put up from a mistakes perspective. So maybe he's checked out. Uh, Maybe the whole team's checked out. Maybe the defense let him down. I I don't know what's going on with USC, but per these numbers, the last three games, Colorado, Arizona, Notre Dame, Caleb Williams is done. I want to make some excuses for people, or at least ask you if we should be making some excuses. Stucky, you alluded to it earlier. Louisville loses to Pitt, who was one in four going into that game. Do they have an excuse because the spot was just so brutal and they're not that good anyways? Because you you were banging this drum all week that uh, you were going to hold your nose and take Pitt, and you did. I mean, an excuse for what? Excuse for being who, who they thought they are. That's, that's who we thought they were. I mean, like going into <laughs> that game, no one really believed in Louisville. Uh, they could have lost to Georgia Tech. They could have lost to Indiana. Um, it's not... A yeah, at the spot was bad too. But even against Notre Dame, 
Yeah, Notre, that was just a brilliant spot for Louisville. And Notre Dame's rotating offensive line. And Notre Dame had five turnovers in that game. Um, I mean, yeah, Louisville should have lost NC State, to be frank. Uh, they just got gifted ducks from Brennan Armstrong. So, yeah, Plummer had so many turnover-worthy throws this year and finally came back to bite him against Pitt. Uh, so, yeah, Louisville has an easy schedule, so they're going to rack up wins. But as far as national picture, they're now irrelevant as they always have been in my mind. Well, that was fun for a minute. <laughs> Brett, Texas A&M <laughs> loses at Tennessee to fall to four and three. Does Jimbo Fisher, he's running out of them. Does he get any excuse because he lost his starting quarterback earlier this season for the year? Because I, I'll tell you, I'm done watching Max Johnson. I don't really wish watching him play football for four hours on anyone. Uh, let me ask the Aggie fan base. Um, I can hear him from College Station. Uh, no, I mean, look, Jimbo's been at A&M six seasons, except for the COVID year in 2020. A&M has lost four games every year. They're four and three this year. They're going to end up with another four-loss season. Last year, Jimbo made history. He became the first coach in college football ever, 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 ever to have three different teams start the season in the preseason, AP top six, and finish the season unranked. Good news is they weren't ranked to start this season, so they don't have to worry about that happening again. Annually, the Aggies have the nation's top recruiting classes, yet they continue to underperform and not compete and even win the SEC West title. Look, it's unfortunate. It sucks. Quarterback has had some injury problems, but this is not any different than any other season that Jimbo's had at A&M, except now he supposedly has an offensive coordinator, but he won't let him call plays on fourth down. Well said, Brett. <laughs> Colin, I saved He's got a $100 million contract to coach football if you want to ruin your day. Chew on that. It's, I, my thing is just, can he just buy any more? Like, is he just, he's just all out of excuses, right? No, no more, done. Well, even if he had some excuses, he would say it so fast and rapid fire, you wouldn't be able to understand what he's saying anyways. I mean, I, Jimbo is, I think he's run his course. There's a couple coaches in the SEC that I think have run their course. Uh, and there's going to be, you know, some athletic directors have got some tough decisions to make as Texas and Oklahoma come into the fold here. But, you know, when you go out and get a caliber of offensive coordinator like Bobby Petrito, but you still hold the top priority decision-making with fourth downs and when to punt and goal line, it, listen, I mean, you had to go out and get this coordinator hire for a reason, but you're only letting him have, you know, 65% of total control of the offense. It's obvious from X's and O's that Bobby Petrino's designed the offense, and it's obvious some of the explosive plays that that's because of Bobby Petrino. He just doesn't have leeway to call the money downs. And Colin, I said this year, any time of 2023, they owe him $77 million. They, it, they've signed him through 2031. It's disgusting. <laughs> the buyout goes down, I think. I mean, I don't know the exact number, but it goes down significantly, I think, on Jan 1, Jan 2. So it goes down to like 65. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. Brett, I, you had your year on uh, Aggieland over there. Will they pass around the hat this year or, or no? Uh, it depends on the price of oil. I mean, you know. <laughs> The one thing is, it's one look. If they if A and M wants to, they absolutely can get the money together. That's one thing. Okay, let's say you get rid of Jimbo Fisher. Who's your next coach? You know, it, it's it seems like oh, there's plenty of people out there, but you know, is there an automatic guy one that you're going to get to come there? Um, and two that would come. I mean, that makes it a little bit more difficult. But um, 
you know, we'll have to see how the season finishes up. And, uh, you know, if, if they're six and six, something drastic like that, then, yeah, I would expect a move. But if it's another eight and four and your quarterbacks, are, you know, out, then, you know, I'm sure they they will they will probably bring him back. Colin, Arkansas rallies to nearly beat Alabama, uh, but they fall just short. Progress. Do they, Progress. Do they, do they get an excuse because, hey, they were 19-point dogs anyways. They didn't have a shot. Or you what's, – what's your feeling over there in well, Arkansas? I mean, per the box score, Alabama whooped them. Alabama had an extremely comfortable lead, and then K.J. Jefferson manhandled a couple guys on the Crimson Tide defense. Uh, they put together two drives consecutively, and that really got their yardage up. You know, to I mean, they still got – almost lapped by Alabama in total yards, but you know, they got to score on consecutive drives after having a field goal and it made the game look close. It actually wasn't that close at all. So, I mean, I know the final score is a little bit shocking to everybody, but it's still an offense that doesn't have rocket Sanders. They're not getting much out of AJ green and Dominion in the backfield. So it's all up to KJ Jefferson, who is now at least comfortable with Satania and Armstrong and some of the guys out of the backfield uh, that are his targets but it's a boomer bust offense. Either you're going to have explosive plays down the field after KJ Jefferson avoids getting sacked, or you're going to get sacked, you know, 10, 12 yards off the ball. So this is what Arkansas football is going to be. Thankfully, Mississippi State comes to town, who is near, I think, second to last in the nation in defensive finishing drives. I've got a uh, thanks to two losses on our live show on Saturday. I've got a beef to pick with Mississippi State, and I think financially I'm going to take it out on them this weekend with Arkansas. <laughs> Make them pay. That'll, Make that'll pay. show them. Yeah. Um, I want to move on to some some of the more exciting uh, surprise teams. But first, uh, BBOC is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming, terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fellas, there's these t- there's a couple of teams here that have entered the picture or I say maybe playoff picture, playoffs, playoffs. UNC, they beat Miami 41 to 31. Missouri beats Kentucky 38 to 21. Oregon State beats UCLA 36 to 24. Stucky, I'll give you first say on the matter in terms of uh, where these teams were, uh, the way they fit in the picture at the beginning of the year. Which fan base should be the most excited about their team right now and their chances? I would say North Carolina. 
Um, you control your destiny. You went out. You're going to the college football playoff. But most importantly, it's you have, in my opinion, the best quarterback in college football in Drake May, and who I think is going to be the best pro, uh, and who I think should be the number one overall pick next year in the NFL draft. I've been saying that for two years. So, yeah, you're undefeated. You came out and took care of business against Miami. And even if you look at all their other results, they haven't been against the best of teams, but they've really, outside of App State, taken care of business. And at the end of the day, you have, in my opinion, the best quarterback in college football. So if I was a North Carolina fan, I would be uh, pretty excited. They're one of like, I don't know, seven to 10 teams. So that all you got to do is win out and you're going to the college football playoff. Colin, what's your say on the matter out of these three teams? Well, Oregon State is the most fun ticket by far because they play a different brand of football uh, and have the best home field advantage of anybody, I think, at college football at Reeser Stadium. What they've done since the pandemic, uh, covering the spread and winning at home, they're absolutely the most fun ticket probably to have in your back pocket. Might be the toughest path. Missouri is just one game. I mean, there's one game that they need and not sure that they're going to get it, but they do play a brand of ball that on paper would make you think that they could hang for a little bit. They stop the run. They're really good at, at shoving the rush up against the opponent. They don't really play good coverage and defense. So if you don't think Georgia can get the ball down the field, then you know there there it is. But Missouri is terrible in defensive finishing drives, but they are electric passing in the offense with Brady Cook. So you know if I had to take one of all of these outside shots, obviously I'd be stuck on UNC because the ACC, as always, uh, is open to anybody. Missouri, it's just one single game. But Oregon State, to me, is the most fun that you can have with any other ticket in your back pocket. Brett, uh, you bet last year. What's your say on these three? I agree with Stucky. I think North Carolina's got the best shot, um, you know, obviously schedule-wise, everything else. Um, you said their defense has been improved. I mean, how could it not be improved? They were one of the <laughs> worst defenses on the face of the planet last year. And, uh, yeah, Drake May's having a monster year, and they've kind of – stayed under the radar. There's not a lot of pressure there. So we could see a, uh, you know, two 12 and 0 teams meet for the ACC title. And uh, people say they want a 12 team playoff. Well, that would be your quarterfinal round right there. Cause the winner of that game would obviously advance to the, uh, the 14 playoff this year. Speaking of teams that, you know, should have been off the radar this week and they're on the radar for all the wrong reasons. Two of the best games that we saw this college football weekend probably happened while a lot of people were asleep unless you're sickos like us and we're watching. I went to bed during one of them. Stanford beats Colorado 46 to 43. The Buffs blow a 29 to nothing lead at the half. And then Colorado State, Colorado State 31, Boise 30. Insane. Colorado State trailed 30 to 17 with six minutes left. Touchdown, onside kick. Touchdown, another onside kick that actually didn't count and came back. Boise punts it back to them. Hail Mary with six seconds left as time expires. Brett, what is more shocking of these two results here? And did you stay up? Yeah, I stayed up for both of them. I actually, uh, I talked to Jay Norvell last night and I'll have something um, out Wednesday in my McMurphy's Law column about about the comeback and hoping also talking, hope, hopefully I'll be able to track down Troy Taylor too. But a couple things that Norvell told me that that jumped out, um, you know, he said, and I've heard Stucky mention this about other games, and it's it's obvious, but it's true. He said there were probably fifteen to twenty plays in the final four minutes that if only if only one play something different would have happened, they would have lost. There was no way they should have won that game. 
And I asked him, why were they able to have a, have the comeback? Why could they do it? He said, obviously, you get a lot of momentum. But he said, also, you know, their offense is built for the two-minute drill, the two-minute mode. He's got a freshman quarterback having a monster year. And, of course, we love us. Some Tory Horton, he had, you know, came off a concussion, came up big late in that game. And one other thing that he mentioned that's kind of weird, um, after the loss to Colorado, Norvell was contacted by Jerry Glanville. He had never talked to Glanville in his entire life. Glanville somehow got his number and reached out. Glanville, of course, coached Dion with the Falcons. Glanville told Norvell that how impressed he was with the Rams' toughness and grit, and now they talk every weekend after every game. After the Boise State win, Glanville texted Norvell and told him, take your wife out somewhere nice, get a nice bottle of wine to celebrate, and send me the bill. I'll pay for it. You forget how young, you forget how young Tim is. Right? I, don't even, I doubt he even knows who Jerry, know Glanville Jerry, Jerry Glanville is. Yeah. <laughs> also, did, did, did right? Dion... Tim, do you know who Jerry Glanville is? And didn't know until he said the Falcons. Had no idea. He's just a baby. I thought of this when he, you know, I was looking up about Glanville's past. Tim, you can Google him after we're after we're done here. Um, I don't know if this is a coincidence or not. Dion wears the cowboy hat and the sunglasses. Who else wore a cowboy hat and sunglasses when he coached? That's right, Jerry Glanville. Is Dion channeling Jerry Glanville from his from his Falcons days? All I know is we need uh, we need Coach Norvell to not have too many bottles of wine. We've got forty to one futures here on Colorado State. They're sitting at one one, and a victory over Boise is a really good start. Yeah, that that, that showed my age right there. It was pretty embarrassing. Stucky, uh, I know you don't sleep, so you saw both of these. What was more shocking? I mean, don't be embarrassed to be young, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm jealous. Wish I was young again. Uh, yeah, I. I've my big. I don't have kids, so it's easy for me. So my biggest flex is I've never, I've never gone to sleep before the end of all of the games on at the, in any sport um, until they're all over at the end of the night. You deserve a medal or a holiday or at least a cuddle from somebody. What was the uh, Mountain West Iowa game that went to four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning? What was that? Lightning delay no, that, was in Nevada. Yeah, Iowa? that only went to like that only went to like two. Yeah, but Hawaii games that go to like three, three thirty. The Hawaii game, by games. the way, um, all time like. Having Hawaii plus six, like I wish we could do an hour on that. But besides the fact, oh, yeah, that they you... kicked the field. They decided to kick that field goal. Late. Yeah, uh, more yeah. shocking was definitely Colorado State. Um, just the way that they came back and won the game outright. They're down thirty to ten with four oh two to go on the clock, and they're playing a team that can run the ball. By the way, Ashton Genty. I mean, he might be the best running back in the country for Boise. That's about all they got. But um, Andy Avalos might be on his last leg there. Uh, but Colorado State winning that game. I mean, they had, a, they had to recover an onside kick. They had a, there was so many plays. Like, Boise ran for the first down to end the game, but there was a holding. There was a four-down so PI on Boise. Uh, Colorado, I mean, I had Stanford. I've said it for weeks. Sadly, Colorado won't be a favorite the rest of the year. They're a horrendous favorite. They're poorly coached. They can't run the ball, and they can't defend. So, like, they profile as a team that can't hold on to a lead, and that's exactly what happened. Now, I didn't think that they were going to blow a 29 to nothing lead, but a team that can't play defense – that gets 20 penalties and can't run the ball, no lead is safe. You would think 29 would be okay, but no. But you also have to be able to cover a slant. If you can't cover a slant, you're not going to win a game. And, uh, Brett, no bowling for Colorado. Uh, at least that's what you've projected. Uh, it's not going to happen. Schedule's too tough. They may get the five wins. I don't see them getting a six. 
Yeah, Stucks right. They won't be favored for the rest of the season. They're too clean. That's what I, I was upset about with because like I really wanted to see Dion in bowl season. But if you look at their schedule from here on out, on November 11th, they'll host Arizona. They should be four and a half point underdogs at home. Next week, they go to Washington State. They'll be two touchdown underdogs. Uh, obviously, those numbers can change, but that's their best shot of getting the six wins, and that's not a good shot. Stucky, uh, you're going to give us some injuries, my man. Uh, yeah, I'll do a couple quarterback injuries. Bowers is obviously out for Georgia, as we talked about. Mordecai is done for Wisconsin. It'll be freshman Braden Locke, Mississippi State transfer. EJ Warner was out for Temple last week with a concussion. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke for Miami, leg injury worth monitoring. Baron Morton for Texas Tech, game time decision. Uh, looks like John Rice Plumley will start, and he said he's close to 100%. Uh, Big steam on the over there today. Yeah, I also played UCF. That line's too high, um, if Plumley's yep. 100%. Larrier for Air Force was in a brace. I don't think he'll play their starting quarterback. That means it's Jensen Jones, some some senior who's been there for like five years, has never thrown a pass, uh, more of a runner. And then Navy, Ty Lavatai, he got her. They were already down their original starter. Mm-hmm. But they have, um, you know, they, they went to some a freshman who can, has some talent. Um, Braxton, I, I forget his name. I'll have that game written up. They also have Xavier Z- Arline. They have some options. Uh, Air Force will take on Navy with major quarterback questions on both sides. Uh, coming into this weekend. I'll have that game written up, and I did play one of the sides there for what it's worth. But, um, yeah, those are some of the the main quarterback injuries that were new coming off last last week. And obviously Riley Leonard, too, for Duke. He didn't play last week, so his status is worth monitoring because his backup's bad. I mean, they they blew out NC State, but, I mean, the backup was like 5 of 11 in the game. Um, embarrassing effort by the pack. So that's <laughs> it. That's it for today. Well, we'll have, have some more later in the week. I also think the Arizona situation is super interesting to monitor as um, Delora is trying to come back, but um, they've looked pretty damn good without him. So I don't know if... Yeah, it um, might be better with Fafita, so it's it doesn't really matter. Yeah, uh, super interesting to monitor there. Colin, have you gotten a chance to watch Fafita play? I feel like you would have a, a strong take on the, the difference between those two. Uh, I mean, Jaden Delora as a player, I love him as a player. Uh, you know, it, it's a little bit of a drop, but I mean, Jed Fish is doing a lot of great things with this area, the rushing attack alone. But um, I think Jed Fish is one of those coaches that is going to be up for a lot of other jobs, even though the move to the Big 12 is coming and everything. I know Jed Fish's uh, name is going to be on a lot of athletic directors in the SEC. So whether it's, you know, Fafita or Jaden Delora, I think this Arizona offense is a machine right now. Delora makes too yeah. many turnover-worthy throws, which is why Fafita actually might be a better option. Yeah, regardless, that, that offense is a blast to watch, a blast to bet on as well as they clipped uh, Washington State over the weekend when you get a chance to talk about that. But yeah, uh, Arizona dangerous before we get to sources stumper uh the fall season is in full swing which means if you're like us you're busy watching football you might be so busy you're looking for more convenient meals ready to eat in just two minutes and that's where factor comes in factor can help you fuel up for breakfast lunch and dinner with chef prepared dietary and approved ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door you'll save time eat well and stay on track with a healthy lifestyle this october get factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor packed meals delivered to your door ready in just two minutes no prep no mess head to factormeals.com 
slash BBOC50 and use code BBOC50. That's five zero to get 50% off. That's code BBOC50 at factormeals.com slash BBOC50 to get 50% off. Brett, sources stumper. It may sound easy, but it will test your head and your mind and your brain too. There go. I don't claim to be no 36 ACT now. Here we go. We'll try this out. Uh, Sources Stumper, America's favorite game show. <gasps> oh, no. What's happening? Brad, you were, uh, Brad, you were frozen. You got to start over. You were God frozen. God damn. Keeps freezing. <laughs> Modern technology sucks. Also, give a scoreboard update, too. Uh, yeah, I did when I was frozen. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sources Stumper, oh, America's. You got to be kidding me. Uh-oh. The blooper reel on just Brett freezing is going to be great. If you were frozen <laughs> again, Brett, you got to start over. All right. Boom. What? Brett, is he really you, leaving? Why don't, you, why don't you message it to Tim? No, you're good. Man. Oh, he really left. <laughs> oh, shit. He's just, he he's like, peace out. I'm done. And like that, he was gone. <laughs> Tim, you got any trivia? Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll do a question for you two. Uh, which Power yes. 5 team has the longest current bowl streak without going to a bowl oh streak without Colin. god this is tough because the acc and big 10 send everybody every year um and the i know Rutgers got in after that five win season uh let's see you don't want to be given given away all the potential guests i know uh, you know let's go nebraska that is incorrect uh, I was gonna, I was gonna burn Rutgers Nebraska by the way because I a, couldn't f- remember. Nebraska <laughs> lost to Tennessee in the uh, 2016 Music City Bowl. Mm-hmm. Tim, okay. How about Nebraska does have the longest Big Ten streak? The streak mm-hmm. is in the Big Ten, so that's a hint for you. So we just shaved all those teams off for for Tim yeah. here. Well, you already yeah. said Rutgers, so yeah. I, I was gonna stay away from Big Ten because of uh, because of, because of that hint you gave. Um, right, actually, wait, no, wait. Um, hold on. Let me make sure I have this right. Get your shit together! Let me just double check this. I just did this off the top of my head. It'll be stupid if we get through this whole thing. <laughs> I, have the right, I have the wrong answer. Um, I think I have a team that might be longer. You said it was 20. So, Rucker, it basically has to be. Can I give a guess while we wait here? Or while, hold on. Yeah. While I, I mean, just, if you yeah. make it your official, I'll, I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. Okay. Vandy. Hold on, I'm pulling up. They were in a bowl. I just, uh, it definitely wasn't the Clark Lee year. Had to be Derek Mason. I bet it was before 2016. Who did you say, Tim? I said Vandy. No, that's, uh, well, Vanderbilt. (laughs) This is the best trivia of all time. I think Kyle might be right with Nebraska. Holy Um, cow. Really? No, Vanderbilt was in the 2018 Texas Bowl. Yep. Um, the answer that I thought it was was Arizona. Really, we I thought it was Georgia Tech. Arizona. What's Georgia Tech? Arizona, Georgia Tech bowls, but because Arizona was in a bowl last, I think in 2017. Uh, Georgia Tech was in the, the 2018 Quick Lane Bowl. They lost. They uh, lost to Minnesota. How could you forget um, that? Yeah, who could forget? Sorry. 34 to 10. It was a thriller. Arizona, the last the last bowl game for Arizona was the 2017 Foster Farms Bowl. <laughs> and Nebraska's last bowl game, the 2016 Music City Bowl against Tennessee. So I think that's the right answer. Wow. Um, 
I so definitely get a point. a point there. In other words, we're winging it as usual. Get down a point. We'll update the scoreboard and everything next week. Unless he's wrong, then no one gets a point. Um, I'll have to verify, but I think that's right. So we can we could possibly give Colin the win. I don't know. Maybe Brett was just idle this week. We just uh, we'll see what the official score. Yeah, he gets says. A, he gets the point. He gets the point. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you were idle then because you gave it. It wasn't easy. We finally made it. Mm-hmm. That'll do it for this episode of BBOC presented by BetMGM. The podcast returns Wednesday morning with Mike Calabrese and Mike Ionello and their week five or no, week five or week seven. Week seven. Someone update this group of five deep dive uh, before Colin and Stucky do their big betting preview episode. Out week eight. Late week eight. Thursday. Week eight. Oh, yeah. Week eight. I mean, come on. Jesus. This thing went off the rails. Brett cut out. I mean, it went off the rails. Okay. Let's go watch the baseball. That'll do it for us. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.